You're listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 7.08 on a Monday evening. We are ready to rock and roll. You know the number already. Phone lines are open. Your concerns about your job, employment, severance, your boss, uh, wrongful dismissals. Maybe you are the boss. Maybe you don't know if you should be firing somebody or not. We'll tell you. You want to call in 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Uh, Lior is off. John Pincus is off. Who else we got left at the firm? Let me think. Uh, there's one guy, Steve Gilman. I think he's around. Hey, Steve. <laughs> hey, John. How you doing? <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. First show with me here tonight. And uh, Steve is uh, is filling in because the rest of the guys, I don't know whether they're a Raptors game or they're just lazy or they're just like, you know what, we'll give Steve a shot because he's uh, you know one of the top guys in the firm. But uh, you're going to be here to answer all the questions. We've got to get to a bunch of stuff tonight. Um, phone calls, of course, emails, help at employmenthour.com. And by the way, anytime you want to reach out uh, outside of the hours of the show, be it uh, Monday, Wednesday, the weekend shows, one 821 5900 We'll get to that and the severance pay calculator, which we always uh, dine on every night between the phone calls as well. But Stevie, uh, we always like to start with the uh, the week that was. A couple things that have come across your desk over the last uh, week or two weeks that you would find interesting and our callers and listeners would want to uh, want to hear about. So what's going on in your world? So I was, uh, <clears throat> I was contacted by an employee who was working for a company about eight years, traveling sales role, like most sales representatives, uh, he had a territory. His territory uh, was the GTA. So yeah. out of the blue, one day the company informs him, I know you've heard this before, <laughs> that we're going to do a little reorganization. Of course. <laughs> so in doing that, they tell him he has to go to a more northern region, way up by Midland. And he was given no choice. Basically, the employer said, take it or leave, or leave it. it. Yep, exactly. So the employee has a couple young children. Uh, he can't really deal with the extra two to three hours on the road every day. <laughs> and he wasn't interested in accepting it. So he called us and he wanted to know what his options were. Mm-hmm. So what I told him was that, of course, he doesn't have to accept this change in his territory. And he doesn't really have to accept this significant impact on his family, his kids, his home life, and that this is a constructive dismissal. Right. So <clears throat> since talking to him, we've, we've sent a letter out to his employer asserting constructive dismissal, uh, and we're going to be working with him. He's going to get a fair severance package. What would be the pitfalls if he didn't do anything and he said, oh, I guess I got to suck it up and buy uh, some winter tires to be driving this all this distance in the winter. What would be the, what would be the wrong part about doing that? You know, if he just sits and waits on it. So if he says, you know, I'm going to try this out for a little bit. I'm not going to notify my employer. This is something difficult for me. He's deemed to accept it. So doing nothing is acceptance. That's, that's something, you know, we're not used to, but in employment law, it is. If, If your employer ever wants to change your employment, always reach out, talk to a lawyer, get advice first. So if he's accepted or he's deemed to accept it and he starts making this drive, two, three, four months go by, says this really sucks. I want to go back to the way things were. He's he's out of luck at this point, isn't he? You know what? I wouldn't say don't call us. Call us if, if you're right. still in that position, but absolutely he's in a tough spot. Right. And if he's done it once, if he allows him to do it once, now he's kicked the door open, correct? He's opened Pandora's box. So next time it's like, guess what, pal? You're going to Sudbury and there's nothing he can do about it, right? Yeah. Well, if your employer ever tells you to go to Sudbury and you're in the GTA, you've got to give us a call <laughs> and talk to us, but Absolutely. <laughs> 416-870-6400, star 640 is the number. 
Is there a, I mean, Toronto to Midland, I mean, come on, that's that's almost a, a no-brainer, as, as you'd think. But is there a, is there kind of a threshold to how far is too far when it comes to your company saying, you know, move here for work? You know what? It, it, it all depends on the circumstances of the right. employee. Oh, okay. You know, so you have somebody who, it, it may look like a short distance, but it's going to add two hours. Or now they got to take three buses and a subway to get there, right? Or they have kids, or they have right. a sick parent at home, or they have different obligations. Listen, if your employer is going to make any kind of change to your employment, you should always get advice first. Right. Don't do nothing because doing nothing is accepting. What else you got going on? So the second situation uh, I had dealt with recently involves... A guy that was working for one year as an independent contractor, that's what they had labeled him as. So he worked about 40, sometimes more hours a week with this employer. Um, he had signed a contract stating that he agreed he was an independent contractor. Right. He'd, he'd been there about a year. <clears throat> so due, due to a downturn in business, the employee was let go and offered nothing. You can imagine that. Right. So the employee believed that both because he was a contractor and a short service employee that he wasn't entitled to anything. So he did what many of you out there do. He listened to the show. He decided to give us a call and we're really happy he did. And we informed him that, listen, despite the fact you signed a contract, despite the fact you and your employer have agreed you're a contractor, and despite the fact that you're a short service employee, you're still entitled to a significant severance package. Okay. So, you know, we were able to send out a lawyer like in the last uh, individual's case and, and, I can say we we were able to help that guy get a very fair severance package. Would it be safe to say, or even would it be safe to uh, to act on the fact that even if you do have a contract that you've agreed to, just in case there's there's legalese, there's wording, there's language in that contract that could make it null and void, not drafted properly, is it always a good idea to call? Always a good idea to right. call. And it doesn't just matter if you're an independent contractor. Let's say you have a contract that says you get a very minimal amount of severance. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we can get around that. If you are being given a package, call us first. How many times out of 10 would you say that people will call you saying, I didn't get anything. My employer didn't give me any severance when they let me go just now because they say an independent contractor when under law, they're an employee. How often do you see that? Oh, nine times out of 10 would be too conservative. Really? It's, it's hey. 9.9, John. It's 9.9. Really? 9. Yes. There you go. That's why you got to call uh, 416-870-6400, star 640. On sell, and we'll get to, I can't see that name. Rob, is it Rob? Nice eyes on me. Yes, it is. Hey, Rob, how are you, pal? What's going on tonight? I'm good, yourself? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Steve is here. He's got the knowledge. So similar to your statement about uh, two minutes ago, I'm a construction manager and another associate mine. We both used to cover a geographical area. They recently let the one person go, so now they're expecting one person to do the workload of mm. that used to do before you know what rob that that absolutely could be a constructive dismissal as a matter of fact you know if if they try to put more work on you pay you the same or take away worker pay uh you absolutely could be in that position it's more work on me more uh, windshield time on me Hmm. versus uh what me and the other guy used to split before yes any more money no definitely not Uh, have they done this before or it's the first time? Uh, no, not not too much to this degree. What do you no, think? No, they have not. You know what, Rob? This absolutely 
sounds like a constructive dismissal. And and, and John, if you can give him the number, I'd like to. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to talk to you, Rob, because this is something that, similar to the week that was and the other individual that I helped, this is certainly something where you could be entitled to severance, or at least you don't want to agree by being silent. When did this happen, Rob? How has it started yet? Well, I'm sort of a, a month or so into the process, so the longer I let it develop yep. lakes or whatever roots, then they can say, well, you've been handling the workload for the last month or two. What's your problem? Yeah, so has he still got time? It's been about a month since it's taken, taken root. You, you know what? There's still time here. Yeah. If anything, give us a call. Let us talk to you. I'd right. be happy to talk to you, Rob. Okay, Rob, I'm going to give you the number now, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com is a uh, is a good way to go. You want to uh, call Steve after the show and uh, leave a message or otherwise we'll uh, we'll take care. You're going to move on to uh, to Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's happening with you? Um, not too much. I'm a skilled tradesman. I'm in a, uh, a work van almost all day. Uh, they send me two jobs. The dispatcher uh, at my company sends me, you know, uh, you've got a job all over Toronto. And I have to fill out my own work reports and my own time cards. Um, but I've gotten to the point I don't exactly trust my office that mm. they are giving me all my hours. Um, because we do like one night a week on call and one weekend a month. And I'm wondering if there's a way I can sort of request all of my previous time cards. Because after I hand it in, I don't know what happens. They just give me a check the next week. And I'm curious to know if there's a way I can see what they're docking, if I can request previous time cards for the past couple of months. Um, is there any, any way, any precedent to do that? Or am I just kind of stuck with, I have to believe what they tell me? What do you think? So, so have you ever asked your employer for the time cards before, Patrick? Uh, once or twice. There's been a, a time where they missed like an entire day's pay. And I had to go back and question, you know, why, are, why am I missing eight hours? But uh, I think it's probably only been once or twice. They haven't really had a problem with one time card. I'm just curious if they if they have to do it for you know two or three months. So I think as a first step, from here on out, Patrick, keep track of all of your records. You know, and, and this is good for any practice in employment law where you think something is funny is going on with your employment. Keep track. Um, so from here on out, keep track. And then also, uh, I would say request those time cards from your employer. Okay. Do that first, um, because non-payment of wages can always end up in being a constructive dismissal or can be lead to a number of other issues. So my advice would be keep track of every hour you work, request from your employer, and if you ever have more questions, you can always give us a call. Uh, just one more thing, if, yep. if you don't mind. Sure. Um, are they allowed to dock half an hour for lunch if I am on call? So if I do a service call, uh, after five o'clock or on like a Saturday or Sunday, are they allowed to, to take off half an hour if I've worked more than five hours? Well, listen, if you're actually working, if you're on a service call, no, they can't dock your hours. If you're working, you're getting paid. There is no if, and, or but about that. But if you're on a lunch and not working and maybe waiting for a call, that might fly. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Patrick. Again, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Moving on, Dean. Hey, pal. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Yourself? How Good. How's it going tonight? Good, man. What's shaking with you? Uh, question about uh, um, driving time. I've listened to you guys quite a bit, and I've got some good information. Great. But one question that's arised is that um, people, one of the questions you asked was that if you're driving for work, you should get paid. That's correct. I mean, obviously. But... Um, People, some, some of the companies will give you driving time 
even though you've, once you've reached your point of actual work, you're going to work, say, your 40 hours for the week. Mm -hmm. And then if you were driving to and from there, let's say it takes you an hour there and an hour back. So realistically, you've worked 10 hours. Um, They would have to pay you the two hours of driving time. At some point, is there any uh, possibility of getting time and a half in driving time if it exceeds a certain amount of driving time? Assuming the driving time is counted as part of his work time, right? Yeah, so Dean, are you talking about the time you take going from home to the workplace or time that you're actually driving? No, time that he's actually driving. When It's actually, I'm talking about uh, a member of my family, and when he actually gets into his truck. I mean, from that point on, he's on the clock. Okay. But if he has to go from here to Hamilton, say, and do eight hours of work there and then drive back, if that happens... Uh, say six days in a week, is there a certain point of where he could get time and a half for the driving time hours? Anything past 44 hours, right? Anything past 44 hours. And listen, if he's driving, if the pedal's on the metal and he's driving, he's working, he should be getting paid. Anything past 44 is time and a half. If the company, now my next question, you said that, I cleared that up. (laughs) If there's a policy that he has that states that and the employee has signed the contract stating that you only get paid regular time hours. Is there any way around that, or that's because he signed the contract and it's too bad? You know what? It's it's the law. If yeah, you're working yeah, past companies can't write themselves out of out of the law, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't make a contract to break the law, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, in right. other words, he gets paid after 44 hours, right? Okay, perfect. All right, Thanks Dean. For my question. Thanks no, a lot, guys. No worries. If he wants to follow up, you can sure do that with uh, with Steve anytime. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll take our uh, our one break for tonight. Anyway, in the meantime, the phone line's wide open for you as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. You're listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 724 Monday evening. We also do Wednesday evening, the uh, the weekend shows here in the Employment Hour and Employment Hour in 30. That is basically the televised version of this show that happens Saturday and Sunday mornings on Global TV and CTV, uh, respectively. So we are all over this employment, uh, employment map for sure. Steve Gilman is uh, here tonight answering your questions on the phone lines, 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell, and that is where we're going to go. Hey, Bill, how are you? Good evening. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Excellent. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, I'm a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go out of Ontario, but we don't get overtime until after 60. Is that, no- is that after is that 60 hours? Really? Yeah. Well, are you saying 60 hours in one week? Yeah. There are cases where there's different overtime provisions, but it's not, I mean, an employer can force you to work 60 hours in a week. No, but it's we're a truck driver. It, it's, that's just, it's, it's not like a nine to five job. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Yep. You know, it, it's just the way I, you know, I leave early in the morning, I go to London and all that area and then I come back and by the time I do that, that's like 13 to 14 hours a day. And you get no overtime. Oh no, we get overtime after 60. 60 hours in one that, week. That doesn't even sound legal, does it? No, it's not. For, 48 I hours in a week. Because we're federally regulated and it's 60 hours. Does that make a difference? So do, do you cross provincial, like do you go into another province in the United States? Where, where do you go? Nope. 
I just do Ontario. So, I mean, we, we'd have to look at it as to whether you're a federal or provincial employee, but it sounds like you'd probably be a provincial employee in which you'd be owed overtime after 44. After, after 44. Wow. Yeah. How, how long has this been going on? I've been there for like seven years. So my boss is, I have a good boss. Right. I just got like, I just got a $2 an hour raise. They treat us good. Mm-hmm. Like, well, my dad just died. I, I know you get three bereavement days. I was given five with pay. Right. But, but the overtime, <laughs> so, if, if, if you are owed overtime for after 44 hours, I mean, going back even two years, which I guess is the maximum, right? Steve, you can go back two years, not seven. That's a, that's a lot of scratch. Oh yeah, it is. Right. It, it, you know, that's all we're allowed to work 70 hours a week. That, that's law. That's all. What are you making, <laughs> iPhones in Shanghai? That's insane. <laughs> Jeez. That's, just, that's just part of the, part of the truck driving business. Wow. Oh, that is brutal. Well, look, uh, you know what, Bill? You want to you want to clear it up and move on? I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you this number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I know Steve will uh, ruminate on that for a while, and you want to call him at the office again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. And yeah, I'd I'd probably check on that and, and keep looking at it because that seems like a lot of work for not getting paid. In addition to right. Yeah, that's that's an unusual amount of hours to be working for a truck driver. I actually think there might be a cap on truck drivers, which is slightly below that. But yeah, they're like pilots, you got to stay awake, right? Well, at least you got us five breathing days. Right, exactly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on Sal Blair. Good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight, guys? Good, sir. What's uh, what's happening in your world? Well, I was just listening to over, all the uh, overtime discussions. Yep. I used to work for a company. Um it uh, employed quite a few people. It was construction industry. And uh, we were told that uh, overtime was payable after 55 hours because they hired everybody except for supervisors and management as seasonal full-time employees in construction industry. Is that correct? So... The construction industry is a bit different. Um, I don't know if it's exactly 55 hours. That seems like it's a bit dated. I think it's 50 now, but uh, there are different rules for the construction industry as opposed to other industries. One thing I will say, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of employers will tell you that construction employees don't get yeah, severance. Yeah, that, no. that that That's, that's absolutely yeah, wrong. That's not true. Yeah. Um, I understand that. Right. And I, and I was just wondering if there's... Uh, if we've kind of had the wool pulled over our eyes in regards to uh, when the overtime started, because I just heard earlier that it was, you know, 44 hours and overtime is mandatory after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't know if, if the information we'd been given was correct or not, but it sounds like it may have been at the time and it's changed since. Yeah, there, there's a, certainly a different set of rules for the construction industry overtime after more, you have more hours. I believe it's 50 now, but 55 doesn't seem right. It, seems, it seems a little excessive, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely rules to it. Again, we'll follow up with you, uh, Blair. I know Steve wants to. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Uh, for instance, IT professionals don't get overtime. We know that. We've established that before, right? So, IT professionals, yeah. managers. Pool cleaners, that one keeps coming yeah, up, which I have no idea how that one was cherry-picked, but for some reason, pool cleaners don't get overtime. There's a lot of interesting ones in there. <laughs> right. We'll move on to uh, Dane. Hey, Dane. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. What's uh, what's going on in your world tonight? Uh, just wondering. Uh, we're, I work for a municipality, and uh, uh, we have a policy, apparently, that 
you can stay past 65, but you don't get benefits. Up until 65, you get benefits. Okay, what do you th- I know there's no mandatory retirement age. That went out about 12 years ago, but how about Correct. the benefit thing? Yeah. So are, are, are you part of a unionized workforce? We are unionized. Oh, yep. All right. So, well, yeah, there, there's some a collective a bar- bargaining agreement negotiated between the parties might lead to... I don't, I actually, I don't think it's actually, it's not in our contract. It's a, a policy because our our um, uh, benefits holder um, says that, that they don't cover anyone past 65 years of age. Really? That would probably, be, would that be something you'd still have to take up with the union? You know what? I think it's, it's best to reach, job, yeah. Right? Yeah. reach out to your union representative, have a conversation. It could be a human rights violation, but, but again, that's something that your best to go talk to your union representative. And again, you, we've, we said this on past shows and we'll continue to say it for the most part, you as an outside lawyer of a law firm cannot help unionize employees, correct? They live and die by that bargaining agreement, correct? Yeah. Dane, I'd love to be able to help you, but yeah. I, I, that's a world I can't get inside of. Right. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Kevin, you're next up. Good evening. Good evening. Um, my, uh, my best friend, works for a larger corporation that has a whole bunch of sort of satellite companies all over. And um, so he's a management because he runs this one. And uh, the everybody there is salaried, but anybody, everybody else gets overtime if they work overtime, but because he's management, yep. he doesn't get overtime. So I, like sometimes he'll put in 60 extra hours in a month and but he doesn't get any overtime because he's management. Mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate or? Well, you know, the, sometimes there's you're restricted, so you can only work a certain amount of hours in a week. But if you're part of management, generally speaking, there is an exception there for overtime. And you don't get overtime, right? Yeah, as manager, is he actually managing people? Uh, yeah, t- yeah. He's. Yeah. I mean, he's got some people under him, and he has to run. The, the local office. So. so yeah, generally that that would be that would be accurate. He as a manager does not get overtime. Okay. Cool. Wait. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate that. We'll move on to uh, Danny. Hey, Danny. How are you? Hey, not too bad yourself. Good, sir. What's going on? Uh, listen, uh, I work for. I'm a, dr- a truck driver. I worked for a company. Um, when I came on board, they, it was mandatory that you have to register uh, a company name, even though you drive their truck. So uh, I registered a company name, and I work like 60, 65 hours every week, and it's all straight pay. Uh, but they, I was forced to register a company, and yeah. if you don't, you're fired. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make him look like an independent contractor, right? Yeah. So, so you're- It's not a bad company to work for, but I just feel like I'm kind of getting had uh, by working like, uh, you know, it's a lot of hours every week. I'm not really complaining about the hours, but I'm just... Is that the oh. only company you drive for? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an employee. I right? just say strictly yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. So so even though you signed the agreement, you registered the company, um, you're an employee. So you yeah, are yeah, I never I never signed any agreement whatsoever. They just said, uh, listen, for the first two weeks we'll pay you, but you have to go register a company name. So I had to go through that that little deal there and uh Are and they are they taking off taxes or are you withholding your own taxes or what? Yeah. No, they just pay me straight up. Oh, so you're responsible for your own taxes and everything? Yeah. That could, that could be an issue with the CRA, correct? Am I, am I, am it, I, it could be. Um, what I can tell you is based based on what you're telling me, the the amount of hours you work, the fact that you're working for one company. Um, using their equipment? 
Yeah. Yeah, he's an employee. You're an employee. Like, you're an employee. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You're an employee. You're not an independent contract. Why why would that be a problem in Danny's case? Because he's he's treating this, they're treating him like a contractor, but he's not. Why is that an issue? Well, if they're treating you like a contractor, you don't have some of those protections. So over okay. time and right. and even though you're treating it this way, even though you're treating it this way, if anything ever happened to your job, Danny, you're entitled to severance, you're entitled to overtime even potentially now, but it becomes a little bit difficult when you're now remitting money uh, or, or you're supposed to be the one remitting money to the CRA. I just right. wouldn't want you to end up in a CRA issue. How long have you been there, Danny? Uh, going on nine months now. Nine months. So he's... he's, and he's you guys, I'll, I'll just tell you one thing right now. Like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want it, but they said they pay me 13% on top. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, please, just you guys don't give me HST. I don't want it on my paycheck. Yeah. And so they give me, they, they said, no, we have to pay you by law. So they put the 13%, which I have to take off the side, put it in another account and then figure stuff out once I get an accountant. But, um, are you, uh, on this, on the other side, your side, are you like claiming mileage, your house, your mortgage office? Are you doing all the things that a contractor or business owner would do? Uh, no, because I, I just, I used to run my own company for years and, uh, I sold my trucks and I just got out of it. But then uh, when I found these guys, like they're like they're not bad guys, but I don't get any stat holidays. I, I um, absolutely nothing. And yeah, this is like a big bowl of wrong. This whole thing. You're an employee and they're treating you like a contractor, right? It's yeah, absolutely yeah, correct. John. Basically, you know, you guys. Once I get started working here, they told me, um, okay, basically, if you don't if you don't get on board with registering a company, it's uh, goodbye. You're out of here. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. You know what, Danny, I'm going to let you go. We're going to move on, but uh, I would uh, I would make a phone call and talk to Steve or Leo or someone at the firm because they're, you got you got to correct that. They're, you could get in serious trouble working as a contractor when he's legally under law an employee of this So company. many other things. WSIB issues, totally. CRA. Yeah. yeah, give us a call. Yeah, 1-855-821-5900. Again, help at employmenthour.com. Marcus, good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Okay, uh... I'm a high school teacher, and um, I've been on uh, long-term disability for just over one year. I got hit with arthritis last August, Um, and I've been a licensed realtor for the past six years. Um, My insurance company tells me that I, um, I have to report additional income, if any, which I understand. Um, however, uh, I understand that if I make a certain amount, I could forfeit some or all of my long-term disability payments. So Marcus, um, here in the employment hour, I mean, this sounds like an insurance disability case and right. you're in luck because, uh, at, at San Fiero Tamarkin, we have excellent insurance lawyers. I think give us a call. Get an opinion from one of our insurance lawyers like Savan, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we can give you a hand. I would love to. Thank you very much. Do you have a number I could reach you? Yeah, I'm going to give you the same number, Marcus, 1-855-821-5900. They'll put you in touch with uh, Savan's crew. That's the benefit of this firm, by the way. You guys both do employment law and uh, injury law, and those things quite often like this, they dovetail together, so it's, uh, it's a pretty cool all thing, right? Yep. Yeah, you get that all the time. 416 870 6400 star 640 on sale to call through. You still got plenty of time to get your call on the air, answer your questions. Mike, uh, thanks for calling in. How are you? Good. How are you today? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern? I have a question for you. So I'm an employee 
at two different hospitals. And they recently merged under one umbrella about four years ago. So my question to you is, now that they're merged, it's been four years, I haven't been notified by either hospital stating that I'm going to have to pick one to work at one. Hmm. Are you working at both? Correct. One full-time, one part-time, different payrolls. It's been like that for the last four years. So I'm just curious that, just an example, just say next year they say, okay, now that we've merged for the past four years, you're going to have to pick one place to work at. Can they actually do that? Are they allowed to do that? Well, so you've been working between both hospitals. You've been at one hospital full-time, one part-time, and you're worried that they're going to come to you and say, you've got to go to this hospital. Correct. They recently merged under one umbrella about four years ago Mm -hmm. as one organization. But prior to that, I was working at both, and they recently merged four years ago. But you're still going between two hospitals, yeah? Correct. Correct. Are you unionized? I am a unionized at both, and they both stated that one stated that I'm allowed. The other one stated they haven't heard anything yet. So I'm just curious, is 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 there um, some kind of law, like, I don't know, something stating that I don't have to pick one, I'm going to have to pick one, or are you allowed to work at both? You know what I'm saying? So it, it would really depend on your collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Because you're in a union, as a private bar lawyer, right. I can't help you. But if there ever is, I mean, if you're outside of a union, there's ever a change to your employment, the first thing you should do is call a lawyer. In your case, union representative. Yeah, call your union rep. That would be the place to go. Uh, first of all, for for logic's sake and also the fact that you have to go there first anyway. You can't go outside Absolutely the union, correct. right? Yeah. Again, one of those cases. Uh, Victor, welcome to the show. Good evening. Hi. Hi, how are you? What's up? Uh, I have a situation. Okay. I'm 71 year old. I worked for this uh, retail store for uh, six and a half years, yeah. and they're uh, closing the store. Okay. And they're giving me 11 weeks pay. 11 that, weeks pay. That doesn't seem right. No. I mean, uh, so you, how long have you been working there for? Six and a half years, right? Right. Yeah, no, 11 weeks pay doesn't seem like enough, Victor. Now, they're closing this store, so they're discontinuing the store? Yes. Okay. So this comes up a lot, and John, I know you've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Uh, When a store is being closed, it doesn't mean you don't get severance, only in the case of a bankruptcy. So a lot of people call me uh, or come meet me in the office, talk to me, and they say, listen, the store is closing down. That means I don't get severance. Yeah, they're shutting her down. I got nothing. Or or what if I don't take their offer? But Victor, what I can tell you is you're owed severance. You got to go on the severance pay calculator, take a look at what you're owed, give us a call. Uh, just from looking at it, this offer isn't fair. And, uh, you know, John, if you can give him the number, we'll yep. talk to him after the show. Victor, here you go. I'll give you the number 1 855, uh, pardon me, 1855 821 5900. And it is severancepaycalculator.com that Steve just mentioned. Check it out. It's uh, simple, takes about 30 seconds, three pieces of information. You get a number at the bottom. There is contact. You can contact Steve or Lior, member of the team. Uh, you don't pay for it. It's an absolutely free app on your uh, your phone, your desktop, your tablet, whatever, severancepaycalculator.com, and take it from there. And then make that phone call and follow up as well because it's another case, classic case, of being shortchanged severance, right? Of course. Why absolutely. would a company want to give you full severance when they think you don't earn it? And that's why we have the severance pay calculator, right. something we're proud of, something uh, that I can now say over half a million people. I know. Used. How crazy is that? In about five years since, uh, since you guys put it together. Reasons employees accept unfair packages, and you you just breezed by it there with our last call. That is the deadline set by the company. What is that all about? 
So oftentimes when you get a severance offer, an employer says, here's our offer. If you don't tell us by, you, you have to tell us by Friday. Right. And a lot of people will accept the package on the basis of the deadline. Deadline's nonsense, John. Because they're panicking. They're panicking. They want yeah. you to accept it and that's mm-hmm. all they have to pressure you to accept it. Right. You have two years from the date of your termination. Don't wait that long. Give us a call if you're terminated right, right. away. But don't be panicked about the deadline. That deadline means nothing. So should you just say, okay, thank you very much, walk out having that knowledge in your head that you don't have to reply by five o'clock on Friday or say thanks, but I'll just take my time and review this and I'll get back to you. Absolutely. That's, that's the way to handle it. You know what? Give us a call. We're happy to talk through the package. Right. Put it this way. If it's not a fair package, and John, our experience is at least nine out of 10, if not more packages are unfair, um, you're not going to be accepting the offer anyway. So who cares? <laughs> That's right. Well, that kind of leads to the next one. The reason why people accept unfair packages, and that is the company is offering more than the Employment Standards Act. Wow, they must be uh, must be so generous. Yeah. Well, the Employment Standards Act gives you a minimum. Right. That's not all you get. That's just where we start. Um, so a company, a lot of times will say, we're giving you this gratuitous, great offer, John, that's beyond your minimum entitlements or mm-hmm. beyond that. Um, yeah, they might be offering more, but chances are it's nowhere near to what your full entitlements are. The way to find out your full entitlements, you go to the severance pay calculator. If you get a termination offer, first thing you do is download the app, go on the computer, look at the calculator, compare. And if it's not there, give us a call. Cause you know, nine out of 10 times that sucker's going to fall short, right? I think you're giving employers too much credit. It's often more than nine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You still have uh, time to call in, talk to us. In the meantime, reasons employees accept unfair packages. Um, We love this one. And this is the reason why we started the show six years ago. Employees call the Ministry of Labor, and they are informed that their package, oh, it's fair. No, no, you're good. You're okay. Roll with it. Well, remember, John, I just talked about the Employment Standards Act all that it gives you is the minimum entitlement. Right. So if you call someone at the Ministry of Labor, they're going to tell you what your minimum entitlement is. From their perspective, fair enough. Anything beyond that is fair, but it's not fair necessarily for you from right. your full entitlements. And this is where the problem starts because people assume I lost my job, so who would I phone? The Ministry of Labor. They deal with my job, right? It, it makes sense. Right. It, it absolutely makes sense. But if you lost your job in any circumstance, you got to give us a call first right. and I keep going back to this because it's a tool that we're really proud of. Severance pay calculator. That's going to be able to help you right there on the spot with no legal training compare whether you got a fair offer or not. We've been hammering this home to to listeners for, for six years now, and that is the one time you do not want to phone the Ministry of Labor is for severance. When is it okay to contact them? When can they actually help you and be a benefit? Well, I mean, if you have a problem with your employer, if they're not, you know, we had a lot of calls tonight about guys with overtime, with overtime. Yeah. and if you're still employed, you're happy with your job. The, the one individual we talked to loves his job. He's just worried about overtime. That's when you might call them midway through your employment. Anytime the employment ends, you give us a call. Right. But if you're having issues, safety issues, anything, give them a call. Holiday pay. Yeah. Stuff like that. Give them a call. Yeah. The ministry of, other than that, just call you guys. That's basically, you can always call you, but there's times when the ministry is actually sure. okay to call, right? 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Johnny, how are you, pal? Good. How are you doing, man? Good. What's, uh, what's going on? Okay. I got a question. I, I uh, hired a person. I'm in the basically kitchen cabinet business. I yeah. hired an employee. He was basically uh, like on a trial basis, right? Like on... The first week, you can say, uh, his uh, resume said he was 10 years experience in working on the saw and doing this and this and this. But apparently four days later, 
he decides to cut a couple of his fingers. And WSIB got involved, and like the case is still going on. Like, what does an employee employer where? Mm-hmm. like? Where do where do I stand? So, I, I mean, it seems like there's a lot more there. There's an injury. WSIB's involved. Right. Um, is he terminated yet? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. If he's terminated due to injury, that might run you into some extra liability problems. Um, Johnny, you know, it's something where I'd want to see all the documents. I'd want to really understood what happened. Um, and for that, I mean, you could give us a call, share documents. We're happy to talk to you about this and make sure that we're helping to protect your business. Johnny, I'm going to give you a number to call one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Yeah. You want to, before you make a, a step forward for sure, you want to give uh, Steve a call at the firm. Chris, you are next up. Good evening. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Oh, I worked uh, almost 60 hours last week and my boss only paid me straight hours. And I was like, don't know. I, I get time and a half after 44. And he had said, no, uh, in the truck industry, you don't get overtime. This is this is rampant tonight. The truck industry, is this something we don't know? Or is it, and, and this is the first time you've run into this or no? This is the first time I've worked for a company that I work for driving a dump truck. And they make you, they just pay you straight hours. And some companies pay after 50 hours. And I was like, well, I thought my company was doing the same, but I worked 60 hours and you paid me straight time. And I was like, well, I, I did 700 kilometers today. So I'm like, damn, I don't even know if I want to keep working here. So you didn't get anything after 60 hours. When did he say you will start getting something or you just won't? He says you just don't. Ever? You don't ever, ever get overtime? Wow. No. Steve, what do you think about that? So you're saying that you're you're working six, 60 hours a week? Yeah. And, and getting and straight time. And you're not getting it's straight time. No. So Straight time. Yeah, it's you're not exempt. I mean, um, overtime pay is after a certain amount of hours. I think it's actually extended in the trucking industry to fifty. It it might even be more than that. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what, uh, Chris? This is about the seventh call we've had on this tonight, so we're going to follow back on this. I know Steve wants to do a little bit of uh, a bit of reading on the uh, on the other side of the show, so I'm going to put you uh, put you off right there, and I'm going to give you a phone call or at least a phone number to call and follow up uh, in the next couple of days. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We are already out of time and ready to wrap this sucker, so we're done for the night. You want to reach out to Steve again? One eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmenthour.com and we talked about it several times you want to get that severance pay calculator under your belt and know how to use it it will come in handy sometime in your work career severancepaycalculator.com back here Wednesday night another edition of the employment hour will be on the way Alex Pearson is coming up next right here Global News Radio